It seems like at every major intersection right now, there are black birds everywhere at dusk. They're loud, and for some reason, they love HEBs. So what exactly is going on? Are the birds taking over? Rice professor Sinti Lee joins me to answer all of our blackbird questions. It's Monday, November 27th, 2023. I'm Rahil Ramzanali, and here's what Houston's talking about. Sinti, welcome back to CityCast Houston. I'm so pumped to talk to you for the first time. How are you? Uh, doing very well, Rahil. Thanks for having me back. All right. Let me jump right into it, okay? What are all these blackbirds everywhere right now? I mean, I see them at every intersection. They are loud. What are these birds? Well, uh, you know, there are birds that are black colored or black plumage. Um, and we actually have terms to describe um, blackbirds. But the ones that you're probably seeing are these grackles. And they are uh, big numbers roosting uh, often around uh, the grocery stores, particularly uh, HEBs. In the winter, they like to congregate. They also congregate at other times of the year, uh, but they they like to roost in the trees in the night for protection. They're roosting. What does that mean? Oh, roosting. Roosting is is a term, I guess, to to describe when birds uh, are resting and sleeping. So if they go to the roost, they're going home into their tree or wherever gotcha. their perch is. Yeah. So these grackles, they really come out in numbers and. As you mentioned, for whatever reason, they pick a lot of HEBs, Kroger's. I remember there was a really viral video a couple of years back where people were just trying to walk through the parking lot and these grackles are everywhere. But why do they pick these grocery stores? Are they just trying to save money as well, like all of us? <laughs> well, uh, these uh, grackles, the what they feed on is um, seeds, uh, even trash. So wherever they can get easy pickings, they're going to hang out. So if you have leftovers, if you have trash cans nearby, or people mm. are throwing crumbs out, uh, that's where they're going to be. And that's like where most people, most people want to be where it's easy to get food. And they'll come to those places. And uh, parking lots, grocery stores are great places. And then if there are um, areas nearby where they can hide, uh, like thick trees, or they can congregate in numbers for safety, like uh, power lines. Then you know you put the two together. Close proximity to food, and great roosting spots where a lot of them can get together. Then you had the perfect recipe for uh, I don't know what you call it, Armageddon or <laughs> yeah, Bird Mageddon. Bird Mageddon. <laughs> so that was my next question: Is why electric lines? Because that that is one of the things I've noticed is. If they're not in the HEB parking lot, then they are just taking up every inch possible on electric lines. Why is that? Because that seems like it's way in the open, right? Like that would put them in danger almost uh, to predators. Yeah, that, that's a good question. So uh, sometimes birds will prefer to hide in the, the dense foliage of the trees, hide away from predators. But there's also sort of a funny thing of safety and numbers. If you all get together in the thousands, the odds of you being picked off uh, compared to mm. you know the 10,000 around you are slim. So you feel safer. And so there is a sort of primordial uh, drive for these birds to get closer together. And that's why they flock. Um, but I bet if you've seen them all flock together, especially on these power lines, you'll notice that they get really close, but not too close, right? There's usually 
you can put one or two birds in between them. So they all have their personal space uh, as well. And you can see one bird fly in and land in between two, and it'll push them apart uh, a little bit. But to answer yeah. your question of why uh, power lines, um, I think they're really just searching for places uh, where they can all perch, a whole bunch of birds can perch. And of course, power lines are a great place. Um, trees are also a good place, but in parking lots, you don't have as many trees. So the power lines take uh, the place of trees. Now, why is it that they come out during this time, right? Like it usually starts about early fall and goes through the winter. Well, there's two things. Um, so the many birds, most birds are actually diurnal. They feed during the day uh, and then they go to sleep in the night. So um, they like, in this case, they'll come together to sleep for safety. Uh, and then in the day, they'll disperse. They may go, it may not be just the HEB that they're hanging out. They go and visit other HEBs or other places. So they'll disperse. In fact, they have a good sense of smell. It was uh, at Rice, for example, I have a small bird feeder with bird seed. And one day in the parking lot, I accidentally spilled the seed. I think, oh my God. And uh, within five minutes, uh, grackles descended upon that. They could smell it and they came and they cleaned it all up before I had a chance to, to clean up the. <laughs> nest so oh my god they can smell food they can smell trash and they will roam but then they will come back together to their flock and hang out now are they migrating through this area or are they here year-round well I, you know they're here year-round um and grackles i don't know how much they migrate uh they, they certainly may make local movements where in the summer they disperse where they have their territories and their babies and there they don't do it as a flock they're just paired up so they disperse throughout the city but once they're finished um having young they don't need to maintain those territories and then they start to come back together and that's part of the reason why you start to see the bigger flocks in late summer and especially in fall uh, there are other black birds like uh the, the blackbirds uh, red-winged blackbirds uh, starlings they're also black um, in the winter, their numbers increase from birds from the north that come down. So you can get huge uh, flocks. Uh, those are quite a sight to see because when they go, they almost look like they're flying in unison. We call them murmurations, a murmuration of starlings. So that's why at night, as you mentioned, there's you know safety in numbers. So they find these areas. They are going to call it a night. They want to be together. And that's they're, they're going to rest together. And that's why we see so many uh, really congregating together there at the end of the day. That, that's right. And if you want to uh, re remove them or make sure there's not so many uh, harassing all your customers in the, in the parking <laughs> lot, I think the best way is to um, make sure that you have no trash or leftovers out there. Uh, they'll pick up anything. So uh, reduce that. The other one is to reduce the number of perching spots. I, you know, you can't remove the power lines. But uh, in the trees, you may have to trim out some of the interior parts of the trees so there's less places to, to perch, I guess. And a lot of stores are starting to put more of those plastic spikes up on the perimeter of the building. So that just negates that uh, area that they can sit on, right? Yeah, that, that's true. I think it, it works. There is a, uh, a colleague of mine, uh, Scott uh, Egan at Rice, 
though, did a, an interesting study in the med center. The grackles were roosting in the trees, and the folks there didn't like that um, because they were pooping on, on people. So what they yeah. did is they, they put um, some deterrents. They put nets all around the trees so they couldn't roost in there. And then what happened is no birds could get in there. And uh, so the bugs that live in the trees have a, a field day. They, they have no predators. And so they saw an explosion of those uh, asps, those uh, poisonous uh, moth uh, caterpillars that if you touch them, they, you get um, stung uh, with those urticating hairs. And uh, some people react really strongly to those asps. So they, mm -hmm. they had asps dropping out of the trees. So you don't really want to, you know, you want to keep the numbers down, but you don't want to get rid of them completely. There's some balance in nature, even in urban environments. So there is some benefit to all these grackles that we see because they are really aggressive. They are very loud. But if we just try to remove them all, then that's going to cause an issue in that environment, in that circle. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. You know, they are clean, cleaning up our trash, but they're not just eating the trash. They are eating uh, insects and uh, you will see the impacts if you try to eradicate them. And, and in the process of trying to eradicate them, you know, very likely you'll eradicate other bird species that you hadn't thought about. And uh, mm -hmm. so then there's a cascade of effects. So it's more about um, mitigating the situation than, than getting rid of them. And uh, yeah, they, they're aggressive in the sense that they, they like to find, um, they're very good at finding food and they'll descend um, uh, on the area to eat in big numbers. But uh, individually, I don't think of them as really aggressive birds. I don't think I've ever been attacked by a, a grackle. <laughs> oh, then you need to come out to my HEB, oh. sir, because <laughs> my seven-year-old daughter, she was seven at the time, she's eight now. We were walking back from HEB to our car, and it was a fall night, and there were grackles everywhere, yeah. right? And they are loud, they are aggressive. And we had to sprint to our car and they were not afraid of us. I mean, they were coming right up to us and she had to take cover. Oh, it was one of the funniest moments of her life for me. And, you know, they didn't bite her or anything, yeah, they but bite. they could get pretty aggressive. Yeah, they will come. I mean, if you have a French fry in your in your hand, maybe they'll come and get that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know if that's aggressive or bold. <laughs> So do these grackles pose any kind of issues with sanitation? Because you do see bird poop all over when they congregate at these HEBs, Kroger's, or other big parking lots, right? Is there a sanitation issue here? Well, you know, of course, it, it might be unsightly uh, to your premises if you have a lot of bird poop everywhere. But I don't think it's a, a necessarily a health hazard. Um, you know, the birds occasionally do have uh, West Nile virus. And of course, when birds flock together, that that helps uh, uh, transmit it. But um, but I don't think it's a it's a big deal. If anything, they they may even be helping cleaning up the, um, the environment. But but I get it. You don't want 10,000 uh, hanging out over your cars uh, in the parking lot and then waking up and having to clean it off your car. <laughs> yeah. Is there even a number you can guesstimate on how many grackles are in the Houston area? Oh, wow. No, I haven't I haven't actually thought about how many. That 
that would be an interesting project to try to figure out how many are there. I'll, I'll get back to you on it, but I wouldn't be surprised if you had hundreds of thousands uh, just in Harris County. Wow. Hey, I want to ask you about the the new thing with the American Ornithological Society. They have vowed to change the English names of all bird species that are named after people, right? Um, Along with other bird names deemed offensive or that could be exclusionary. Why are they doing this? What's up with that? Well, um, you know, this is uh, uh, in in the social media circles, I think their their opinions on opposite sides and very extreme. And so one has to be a little careful uh, getting into it. But I I think... uh, the motivation initially, of course, was that you know some birds are named after people that that weren't all that great by any standard. They they were um, you know they they held slaves or they uh, scalped people's uh, or heads or they they traded in human uh, parts, uh, which at, back at that time the scientists uh, or gentlemen scientists actually would do things like that. Um, some were involved in the directly or indirectly with the uh, extermination of Native Americans. And so those, those cases are clear, just really bad people, right? So I think the committee uh, did it with a lot of care. They spent a lot of time thinking. I read uh, their whole discussions and they decided that it was much better just to get rid of all honorific names for that very reason that you couldn't really be the judge. Who's to judge, especially someone who's in between, right? Uh, that you are a good person or a bad person. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. And, you know, that goes beyond the headlines. So this makes a lot more sense. Now, with the renaming, yeah. what's the most famous bird that will be renamed? Well, there, there's, of course, there's a lot. And um, I, I try to think of, I mean, there, there's, there's even Audubon's Oriole with the I'm sure it has to be renamed. It's probably not a famous bird because it only occurs here in Texas, South South Texas. It's a beautiful bird, um, but named after John James Audubon. And of course, uh, you know, Audubon had had some dark sides uh, himself. He was a slave owner. Uh, I mean, a lot of people at that time who were of means were were slave owners, but um, by today's standards, that's obviously not not right but even if Audubon was a cool guy and great guy um i I myself in support of removing the name and one example is uh wilson's warbler uh, another beautiful Mm -hmm. bird yellow bird yellow warbler with a black uh, cap and wilson uh as far as we know was a good character and died very poor he did everything for the birds and educating people. And so, and I get it, you know, we should, it it is great to honor good people, but uh, because of this issue of, you know, how do you decide, right? What if in the future someone figures out he did something wrong or it just makes it tough. I mean, I'll I'll add one thing, you know, it it is a funny thing. The the people in, in the social media circles, in the news, it's, it's kind of become polarized. Those who support it are called wokists, and uh, and then those who don't support it are are automatically labeled uh, racist. And and I think that's uh, not the way it is. It, it's somewhere in the middle, and and uh, you can't look at those extremes. And I'll give an example. Um, 
so I was born in Taiwan. And if you go to Asia, you find all these bird names that are named after British guys or German guys. And you go, well, that, that's sort of weird. Why are all the birds in Asia you know, and, and in India all, all named after these guys in, in Europe? Uh, doesn't make sense. Then you would say, uh, well, why don't we name it out after some Asian guy or Asian woman? Even that I would disagree with because who, you know, people moved around. Nobody owns the bird. Nobody in history ever owned the bird. Uh, we should not honor people in that way, I guess. The, the, the birds aren't there to be owned. And that's what I fundamentally believe. But, you know, I may be in the minority. I, I also believe we shouldn't be naming mountains after people or meet or asteroids after people or even great scientists. Uh, so, yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And we'll see how these birds are renamed. Yeah. And maybe we rename the grackle the H-E-B, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> H-E-B bird, yes. H-E-B bird might be better. Sinti, thank you so much for taking time and for answering this age-old question that's always bugged me. What are all these blackbirds? So I really appreciate you joining us here. Great. Thank you. I appreciate it. Very fun. That was Rice Professor Sinti Lee. You can learn more about grackles in the links below. Do you have other questions about wildlife in our city? Send it to us via the info in our show notes so we can answer them in a future episode. That will do it for today. Thank you for listening, and I hope you learned something new. 